It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, your weekly devotional. I'm here with a man who's half-dressed, one sock on, one leg in a pants. His shirt is partially around him, but not completely, and his mask is on his forehead, but he's still ready. Pastor Charlie Eastman of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts. Doing my best over here. Meanwhile, I'm with a man who wears a cape every single time he goes to the barber. Because and why should and they when have he to leaves, use it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's just that kind of completist. Uh, Jonathan Malone, pastor of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. I'd say one of the best Halloween costumes I ever saw was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, seniors wore costumes, and this one guy had half bathrobe and pajamas half fully dressed mm-hmm. and what made it he only shaved half its half of his face oh he went the distance he went the distance and it really was, well it was so brilliant because you always had to do a double take when you looked at him <laughs> and i that's thought great. that's a good costume costumes that call for a double take mm-hmm. that's a good costume do you do that when you shave off your facial hair do you do you shave half of it off and then walk around the house for a while so people Sometimes, are like Wait. if i have time i i do never get so no, no, it never gets Look, old. Look, now I have a pencil mustache. Look, now I have a goatee. Look, right, yeah. just having fun. Just having fun. And that's what we're doing here right now, Charlie. We're, Indeed, we're, we are. We're, we're having, having so much fun. fun. Tell me about all the fun going we're, on at First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. We're joking. We're having a great time. Um, things over here at First Baptist in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Um, we're supposed to say the names of our churches at least seven times for it to really sink in, I Amen. think. Yeah. Yeah, we always do that at Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, let's be clear. We don't like want them to end up in Maine. Um, no. Things are going fine here. We have our uh, a couple of things coming up in June. I mean, next Sunday is Trinity Sunday, so folks, get ready. Get ready for Trinity Sunday. The Trinity completely explained once and for all, finally. And, and if you want to do some preliminary work for, the, for Sunday, look up um, Joanna P. Moore, Virginia Broughton, and Reverend Mashiko Wada. If you look up those three individuals, you will be ahead of the game for Trinity mm-hmm. Sunday. And that's all I'm saying about that. Uh, the following week on Saturday the 4th, been saying this, we are having the Malone family recital at one o'clock. That's right. A lot of fun. Music by Chopin, um, by Bach, both PDQ and JS, by uh, Saison. Yeah, we're having... All the all the funds and uh, even swinging some poi, some poi swinging, spinning, spinning, swinging, spinning. I think you want to spin it. I think you're right. That's well, just me. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll see if it's swung or spun. Uh, all right. And that's Saturday the fourth at one o'clock. Uh, we'll be live streaming it as well, so that everyone Excellent. can enjoy it that would like to. Uh, and then that Sunday the sixth. Oh, so it's Saturday the fifth. Sunday the sixth is the. Uh, our Children's Day service, which will be outdoors at Goddard Park at 10 o'clock, followed by a picnic. Bring your own picnic. We'll have games to play and that kind of thing, but please bring your own food. Uh, we're not at a place where we can share food. Uh, and so that'll be fun. And then the following Sunday, the 13th, is our annual meeting. We're getting ready for that. Bylaws Oops. changes have gone out. People are reading them and getting involved. And oh, it's going to be just a blast. A barn burner. Yeah, we will not. What's more fun than a bylaws change? I know, right? Uh, this year, we will not have the chocolate fountain for the annual meeting. I'm sorry for that. Wow. 
Oh, yeah, because you dip things in it, right? No, a chocolate fountain is like a cesspool of, of communicable yeah. diseases. Let, forget COVID, just bacteria. Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep your chocolate fountain at home, people, please. Yeah. That's that's a f- one family per fountain experience. But I, we are going to – I am looking into August having a Zoom chocolate fountain party. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll all just have our chocolate fountains and be on Are Zoom. Are Zoom parties still going to be a thing in August? Well, if you're using chocolate fountains, there's no other way to do it. Mm. And fondue. Fondue should also be done on Zoom for here on in. Family, one fondue, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, for the rest of, yourself. of time, fondue, chocolate fountains, all should just be on Zoom. Mm-hmm. I declare okay. it. I declare Fine. it. Yeah. And so shall it be. And so shall let it be. be written. Let it be done. Now, um, I understand you have a fondue party coming up at uh, Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. Yes, we do not. Oh. We do not have that. Uh, instead, we have got Children's Sunday approaching June nice. 6th. Um, you'll be able to catch that streaming uh, online, or you can come join us in the sanctuary. Uh, and children and families who are interested in participating, now is the time to get uh, signed up. Mm. We are running our Backpack Angels program again, where we are contributing through the Department of Children and Family Services a number of backpacks. I forget how many it is. Is it 25 and five laptops that we're trying to raise mm. for as well? Excellent. Um, these these are actually – this is a fast uh, mission project. So mm-hmm. if, if you miss it, you'll miss it. So I'm giving as many reminders as I can for folks who want to participate. Last year, I had several people come to me after Backpack Angels was done and say, how do I support families in need in the Framingham area through the Backpack Angels program? And I had to say, oh, wait till next year. Yeah. So get on it, people. That's right. Don't send those front packs because it's front pack devils. Backpack Angels, front pack devils. And we don't want devils, only angels. Very important. Yeah. Um, we are still uh, worshiping at 10 o'clock and 11.30. Our 11.30 service is outdoors. 10 o'clock is inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had a fabulous confirmation Sunday. Congratulations to Daniel, to Sarah, to Aaron and Vanessa wow. for making their confirmations here at Pilgrim Church. And welcome to membership in the church. And congratulations to your families. Excellent. Um, uh, looking ahead, uh, June 27th is when we shift to 9.30 and a single service. And um, stay tuned for announcements about what it will be like to come to mask optional services, which are coming soon. Yeah, I guess I should say ours will be mask optional starting June 6th. Yep, we Um, might be looking at June 13th. I'm not going to have 100% clarity, but that's what I think we're starting at, just to get the word out. Yeah. And since our June 6th Children's Sunday is not planned for a park like yours is. Right. Please people hear this if you want to wear a mask if you don't feel comfortable taking a mask off please continue to wear your mask masks are always welcome yeah both first baptist church in east greenwich and at pilgrim congregational church in southboro yeah so please please hear that keep the mask on if that's what you want to do and don't feel any pressure please do not feel pressure okay Anybody gives you any flack for wearing a mask, come straight to me. Oh, yeah. And Even if here. you're a member of First Baptist Church in East I was Greenwich, just going to say, just please go, straight go right to Charlie. Yeah. Uh, I will be happy to speak to them. Charlie, you bench press easily 350, 400 pounds, right? Oh, well, well with this arm. <laughs> People have no idea about my weight training regimen. No, I it's mean, amazing. Would be surprised. Yeah. So what happened was Charlie. Charlie's a literalist. People don't know this about him, but he's a literalist. And he read the Second Amendment when it said the right to bear arms. He thought it meant arms the size of bears. 
I and I will bear them all the time. Those so, guns when you've yeah. got guns like those. Why not? So speaking of <laughs> speaking of reading things literally, yes, and uh, taking let's, let's all the don't. metaphor out of texts. Let's do talk some poetry. Let's talk about poetry. Part two of two on Thirst, Poems by Mary Oliver. Um, I hope you've picked this book up or maybe gotten it from the library or engaged with it somehow. I hope you will make Mary Oliver's poetry a part of your life if you're just hearing this for the first time. Um, She's a treasure and her poems are, they just, they pay deep, deep dividends. Yeah. So um, we're going to, as we did last week we're gonna each look at a poem and kind of talk about it and did i make you go first last time yeah but i think i should go first again i we i i have a sense of what poem you're going to do and i think it's a good closer okay so let's Sounds let's good. so i'm happy to start again i'm okay with right. that I'm, thank I'm you a, it's it's called servant leadership charlie you didn't say look it up <laughs> i decided not to. i thought that would be too much. I'm looking at the. I, I want to go with the the poem "Praying." <laughs> I just opened right to it. Oh, I said good. he's going to pick "Praying." I am. Well, there there were others. I was I was pulled to the poet thinks about the donkey. I think that one's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Gethsemane uh-huh. is also, um, yeah, just really great. The fist is really good. I mean, there's really a lot. I, I, I don't think I found a bad poem in here, and I really tried. Mm. Good. I'm yeah. glad you feel that way. Yeah. So, uh, but praying, let's let's, let's sit with this one for a little bit. So I'm going to read it and then we can unpack it. Praying. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. Mm. Charlie, I had our... We had, amen. I we just had, have to say amen. It really, yeah. <laughs> we had our, our last youth group meeting um, this past Sunday. We had our Pentecost party, uh, and we had wow. a visit from St. Inferno, the Pentecost gorilla, who Wonderful. I have right over here in my office. I'll bring him to the... Okay. Um, and, and So you're uh, ending your youth group? Well, for the summer. We take a break. Oh, what a relief. I know. It's like, what, what do you think? The youth just evaporate when the school year ends? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> They're, All I, right. I have, no, I have no patience for them during the summer. So no, you um, had a party. The flaming so had a party, was and there. We had, we had pizza to eat, and I said, we're not eating mm. until someone says grace. And I waited. And finally, someone said, well, it's probably not going to be very good, but I'm going to try. And, mm. you know, it was a really good grace. And he said, and we're thankful for... Um, science, which gives us vaccines to be able to be here, and, and you know, all these different. And I thought, yeah, he was so self-conscious about his prayer, and and I hear that a lot. Uh, and maybe you have as well. Where we? Yes, ask, I have. Yeah, you ask others to pray, and they and they're very self-conscious. And I love this poem because I think it speaks to that those those um, anxiety of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. of saying, uh, my prayer might not be good enough. I may not have the, the right things to say. And I love it. It doesn't have to be a blue iris. It doesn't have to be that perfect flower. It doesn't have to be that 
a moment, you know, those eloquent words. It could just be weeds in a vacant lot, um, small stones. Just take a few words, put them together. Don't make it an elaborate. And then this, it isn't a contest. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of times in meetings when we ask someone to pray, we have that moment where someone remembers mm. a great prayer that they heard at the start of a meeting mm. or uh, worse yet, at a memorial service or oh. at a wedding or right. whatever. When when a really great prayerful person got up and prayed and it was wonderful and they think that's what they're going to compare themselves to. Right. You know, in spite of how large these guns may be, I don't look at Chris Evans and say, I'm going to be like that guy. I just keep doing the best I can with what I've found. And and if all you found is a patch of weeds in a in a park in a cracked concrete sidewalk, I mean most important to me in this poem mm. is the moment where she says, Did I if I have this right, um just pay attention. Yeah. Just pay attention. This is your burning bush. Yeah. That whatever you found that gets you out of yourself and allows you to note that the world is spinning around you and, and you are so blessed to be a part of it, whatever op opens your heart to the mystic, yeah, not Connecticut, but the great mystic, um, is, is worth paying attention to. If it opens your heart to mystic Connecticut, I think that's not a bad thing. Go on down. Yeah. I have to really fight not to say come on down because yeah. I live there. Oh, somewhere. that's right. Yeah. Go visit the Beluga Whales. Mm. <laughs> they're fine say hi for me yeah no i think i think that's right uh and and i also love the end the end you know it's not a contest a doorway into thanks mm -hmm. so just to say thank you god and then silence in which another voice may be may speak mm -hmm. and and i know that i fall into the trap especially when i'm leading prayer and worship of thinking i better make sure i say enough I better make sure mm -hmm. I fill this time with enough words and I don't mm -hmm. leave that space for people to either add their own words to my prayer or more importantly, to hear how God might be speaking to them in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of a thing in the United Church of Christ. We mm -hmm. never get tired of saying God is still speaking. And the idea is that scripture is the foundation, but then life is the teacher mm -hmm. and, and it's happening constantly and we have constant access to it but you have to stop you have to pay attention yeah. you have to know that whatever you bring will be enough mm -hmm. you don't have to ace every exam when someone asks you to say a prayer or write a poem you just have to bring whatever you can bring and that's you know every, it's nice to just achieve something that's enough for the moment yeah and even yeah you don't have to find that perfect picture to look at no. Just whatever it is you can find. Yeah, prayer, as powerful as it is, shouldn't be overthought. Mm hmm And so that's... I, the, I agree. Yeah, I love that. I mean, we, we endlessly, pastors endlessly quote the Anne Lamott uh, idea that there are only, what was the original, only two prayers, and then she expanded it to three. But there's there's help me, help me, help me, and then there's thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, I forget what the last one is. Is it please, please? Uh, I don't know. Whatever it is, know, intercessory. But help me and thank you are, are the two modes of prayer uh, yeah. that pervade most of Scripture. That's yeah. what it's mostly about. And when you're praying, that's all you need. Mm -hmm. It's really all you need. And you don't even need both. Yeah. One or the other. And so I think this particular one led me more to thank you than help me. 
but but perhaps there's room um, to to ask for assistance too in this simplicity. Um, I love how short this poem is, Jonathan. Yeah, it's it's what is it? A ten lines, but oh, in those ten lines, and and even each mm. line is only four or five words long, but she just packs. Yeah so much sentiment into this idea of, of allowing yourself to be caught in this moment and, and then connect. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Can't well, do that with a phone in your hand. <laughs> no, you can't put the phone down. People put the phone down right now. Just Please. I mean, keep listening, but put listening the phone to down. Us on it. Yeah, thank yeah. you. What, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which poem do you have, Charlie? Well, I picked the eponymous poem, the uh, one that the book is written for, yes. uh, the title's for. I picked Thirst. And the reason I picked Thirst, as I think I already mentioned, is uh, because of my Aunt Cynthia. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Aunt Cynthia Lemaire uh, passed a few years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, she asked me to make this poem a part of her memorial. She said this poem was really important to her. And uh, she wanted it read at her service. She was coherent enough to mm-hmm. ask for that when I was visiting with her. Um, she, Cynthia, um, had a challenging illness um, that that she succumbed to in the end. But through it, she went on what felt to me kind of like a vision quest where she got in touch with her spirituality. She got in touch with poetry. And this poem above all others, just seemed to be the one that was speaking to her experience. Not that she wasn't in pain, not that it wasn't hard, but she was really drinking deeply of the moments and and living the journey. So that's why I I just love this poem, and it makes me think of Cynthia every time. Excellent. Let's let's hear it. Here it is, Thirst. Another morning, and I wake with thirst for the goodness I do not have. I walk out to the pond and all the way, God has given us such beautiful lessons. O Lord, I was never a quick scholar, but sulked and hunched over my books, past the hour and the bell. Grant me, in your mercy, a little more time. Love for the earth and love for you are having such a long conversation in my heart. Who knows? what will finally happen, or where I will be sent. Yet already, I have given a great many things away, expecting to be told to pack nothing, except the prayers which, with this thirst, I am slowly learning. Mm. That is Thirst by Mary Oliver. That's so good. You know, um, you know what I don't like? That's always Bring a great it. sentence to start. Um, it is. As, as much as as much as I, I uh, admire the majority of the writings of Dr. Seuss, problematic mm-hmm. stuff aside, sure, I don't like hearing the places you'll go at commencement ceremonies. Okay, it, that's it, fair. It's become trite, I think. Yeah, it has. I would love it if they read this instead. <laughs> I like it. I think, well, because it says, I mean, even especially to, I would especially read it to people who are graduating with doctorates because mm-hmm. I was never a quick scholar, but sulked and hunched over my books past the hour and the bell. Grant me a mercy and a little more time. I think that would resonate. But for all those who have this sense of like accomplishment to say, you're not done. 
And then mm. you don't know where you're going yet. Who knows what's going to happen next? And to continue to have yeah. this thirst and prayer. I yeah, there's, there's an yeah. urgency to this poem. Yeah. Often when we deal with poems about nature and experiencing the natural world, there's um, not complacence, but just this, you can never be still enough. Like you can never be more at peace uh, or at peace enough to really fulfill the objective. Whereas this one, it's got that yearning that creates an urgency that makes me want to keep reading and and going back into this book. And of course, she she could have put this poem at the start of the book. Yeah. And that would have made such a completely different statement. But yeah. no, she puts it at the end. At the epilogue. So that when you get to that point, it's called an epilogue. Yeah, she so when like you read puts the it epilogue in its of this, own section. Yeah. It's, so when you read the epilogue of this book, you instantly want to go back to the beginning and start reading again. Yeah. It, it's like the snake eating its own tail, yeah. almost, the way it's she brilliant. positioned. That's absolutely brilliant. It is. I, I appreciate that line you pointed out, Lord, I was never a quick scholar, but sulked and hunched over the books. Um, there's such great uh, right. internal rhyming going on there. And I just love the shape of the language that she chooses. And of course, past the hour and the bell is such a gorgeous phrase in English. I don't know yeah. how it would sound in other languages, but that works for me in English. And and just that idea that, that grant me in your mercy a little more time. And of course, if you know the various formulations of Christian prayers through the ages, in your mercy is yeah. like, <laughs> that's just yeah. code language for throwing yourself at the feet of the divine and yeah. saying, please, this is more of a help me than a thank you prayer to me. Yeah. Uh, I, that's I hear that as well. It, yeah, and, it, and she she fakes me out in the middle. Love for the earth and love for you. I thought it would be are having such a war in my heart. No. Like I thought there was going to be a push and a pull, right. but no, they're having such a long conversation. And of course they are because it's Mary Oliver, and that's right. she's in that in between space, that liminal area where you mm -hmm. converse about the here and the now and right. the then and the there, and, and it all flows together. And I, I wonder um, if for her, love for the earth is different than a love for the material, because it's just the emphasis on the natural world in many of her other poems, at least in this book, and a, and a real yes. appreciation. And so the conversation has more of a mutuality to it than if it was a sense of a love of the material or a love of the, um, yeah. you know, the secular, that might have a different Sense. Right. And she refutes the material in this poem because at the end, I've I've already given a great many things away, yeah. expecting to be told to pack nothing. <laughs> so this right. is very much a looking towards whatever transition stage, however you call mm. passing from this earth, death, um, rebirth, yeah. whatever. It's it's on the horizon there somewhere. And I've I've got to pack light. I'm not going to bring all these trappings. All these things, this mortal coil, to borrow another poem. Yeah. No, that's it's. This is really good. I would encourage. Um, also, if if you're a student and you need an extension on a paper, this is a good mm. poem to quote in asking for that extension. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I need just it's a right little there. more time. In your just. mercy, grant me a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the way that it begins. Um, another morning I wake with thirst for the goodness I do not have. Mm, yeah. And uh, I've been reading another text right now um, 
not not really relevant to this one, but it's a, it's a book that someone was reading and they pointed it out to me. It's called Quit Like a Woman hmm. by Holly Whitaker, okay. which is all about um, achieving sobriety, oh, um, okay. which is a journey many people go on. And I've, I've certainly been called to speak with a lot of people about that journey. And so I like to have resources to draw on. Yeah. And um, in that book, Whitaker talks a lot about um, – the feminine impulse to apologize or self-abase um, before even beginning to speak, uh, that that kind of, you know, this is probably a stupid question, but, or I'm sorry, I just don't get it, so I'm going to ask this. I mean, I heard that, I've heard that over and over in my academic life, mm. specifically from women who have this built-in preamble about worth that just sounds terrible when you hold it up to the light and think about it. And Holly Whitaker in her book, Quit Like a Woman, really addresses that powerfully. But yeah. this feels different. Mm. I wake with thirst for the goodness I do not have. To me, that feels like kind of an admission that I'm not I'm not great at this, but I still want it. Yeah. Like I there's a goodness that's that's Back to the praying poem, there's a goodness that's paying attention. There's a goodness mm. that's being aware of God in the world and of the beauty of the natural world. There's a, a goodness in recognizing that the beautiful lessons are laid out right here and that book learning was certainly an important part of my life at one time, but it, it's not necessarily the the academic objective now. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like with her opening statement, she makes it accessible yeah. because we all – thirst for a goodness that we don't fully have yet. And where's that completion for her? I mean, I, I think, I think it's in the end, you know, I think yeah. it's, it's a, a hoped for, a yearned for, a thirsted for state that may come in, in, in our totality when we pass from the earth. I don't know. It doesn't sound macabre to me though. It just sounds no. beautiful. Not at all. I think it is. I think it's beautiful. I think it's something I would encourage seminarians to read when they graduate before going mm. to the churches, I would encourage people who yeah. are starting a spiritual journey of some kind to read it. And uh, I mean, this, as I said last week, this I'm going to definitely bring this book with me on my next hike. Uh, mm. And this might be the poem I, I start each morning with. Mm. I think it's wonderful. A, it's a good poem to start the morning because like, I'm not going to carry anything else. So let's just see what kind of conversations occur while I'm walking through the wilderness. Indeed. Uh, yeah, this and, is great. And the coda, of course, the very end, um, you know, been told to pack nothing except the prayers, which with this thirst, I am slowly learning. Yeah. I really encourage folks to embrace that phrase. Um, this is this is kind of in line with the way that I, I get put off instantly when someone quotes scripture at me to answer an issue or a problem because they have they're always so quick with yeah. it. They're always so fast to point out how complete their biblical knowledge is and how that makes them so pious. But in fact, I far prefer when someone says to me, you know, it reminds me of, isn't there something somewhere in the Bible right. about where you don't know the hour or the day, but keep watch? And and then we can open the Bible and find it together. And I just, it, it bespeaks a slow approach that I appreciate and yeah. it reminds me that this is the lifelong journey. Yeah. That you begin learning scripture at one age and you finish when you can't hold a book anymore. And even after. And maybe even after. You finish when you're dead. Or is well, that when you can't hold a book? Is that what you were saying? Basically. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Well, yeah, when you can't lift those giant bear arms of yours. It is a it is a trial. And I mean, they have inherent musculature, but, you know, anyway, they are distracting, to say the least. They are. Well, in light of that, I feel a prayer coming on. I think that's yeah, I think that's a, that's a good. Sorry, uh, folks, check out. Yeah. Read poetry. Let's just start with that. Do just read poetry. Yeah. It, it makes you have to pause, have to be aware of the, the metaphors. It just, but uh, Mary Oliver, she's really good. Yeah, um, I she's was, great. Yeah, she Beauty gets, of poetry, folks, is most poets have written poems that you can sit and read in a single sitting, mm-hmm. and that's the whole experience of a poem. Yeah, not with You don't have to read the whole book. You just read the poem. There's so yeah. many things in our lives we start and don't finish. Oh, I haven't finished that novel. Oh, I didn't finish that short story. Oh, I didn't finish that article. Oh, I didn't read that whole web page. A poem? Just have that lovely sense of beginning, middle, end, completion. And then read it again if you want. Yeah. But that's the whole experience. And I feel like we're so busy not finishing everything mm-hmm. in our lives that poems give you that little victory. Yeah. Finished. You did it. You had the poem. It's like a great meal. That anyway. could have been a poem right there that you just shared. Maybe it will be someday. Poems Wish could have luck. been that little victory. Poems give you that little victory. <laughs> well, speaking of poems, uh, the prayer I have for today is a poem. And um, so today, the day that we're recording this is the one-year anniversary of the death of George Floyd. Oh, yes. um, And it just, I saw that someone else had, so this wasn't, I didn't find this on my own. Someone else mentioned that this poem by Maya Angelou um, was really fitting. It wasn't written for the death of George Floyd, of course, but Mm -hmm. it's really fitting with that. But I think it goes beyond just his life. Um, But I think in that sense, it's it's a good poem to, to lift up. So I'll pray, you pray, and then I'll, I'll share this poem. The poem is called Continue by Maya Angelou, and I'll share that at the end. It's on the, a little bit on the long side, but I, think it, I, I don't think anything should be cut out of it. I think it's really appropriate. Great. Well, I'll be brief in light of it. Same. All right, let's pray. God, as we look towards moments of hope and uh, people removing masks and getting together, Remind us of all the places where we still groan and and yearn for your presence. Remind us that we need to pause and to be aware of how it is we are called to be present in the world. Stir us, comfort us, lead us, and help us, Lord. God, thank you for Mary Oliver. Thank you for poetry. Thank you for the ways that both enrich our lives and uh, help us to Continue to turn to them and and remember the blessings that they are, especially when they help us to stop and pay attention. And continue by Maya Angelou. Into a world which needed you, my wish for you is that you continue. Continue to be who and how you are. To astonish a mean world with your acts of kindness. Continue to allow humor to lighten the burden of your tender heart. Continue in a, dark, in a society dark with cruelty to let people hear the grandeur of God and the peals of your laughter. Continue to let your eloquence elevate the people to heights they had only imagined. Continue to remind the people that each is as good as the other and that no one is beneath nor above you. Continue to remember your own young years and to look with favor upon the lost and the least and the lonely. 
Continue to put the mantle of your protection around the bodies of the young and defenseless. Continue to take the hand of the despised and the diseased and walk proudly with them in the high street. Some might see you and be encouraged to do likewise. Continue to plant a public kiss of concern on the cheek of the sick and the aged and infirm and count that as a natural action to be expected. Continue to let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer and let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Continue to ignore no vision which comes to enlarge your rage and increase your spirit. Continue to dare to love deeply and risk everything for the good thing. Continue to float happily in the sea of infinite substance which set aside riches for you before you had a name. Continue, and by doing so, you and your work will be able to continue eternally. Amen. Amen. Holy cow, what a poem. Oh my gosh. Well needed. Yeah. Very needed right now. That's wonderful. Boy. Yeah. God love her. What I read it before, but even reading it again, it just hits me. Each each stanza is like you could sit with that. We packed with power. Packed with power. So let's start. We're gonna have an 18 part series next on Maya Angelou's poem continue. We could probably do it. (laughs) We could, but probably won't. Uh, But you know, we do want to retain most of our audience. Audience retention is, is always important for a podcaster. It is. It is. And speaking of oh, which, well. thank you for joining us, folks. We hope that you'll come back mm. and join us again next week and in between this week and the next. Have a good Trinity Sunday. And, Indeed. And you are welcome that we didn't spend this episode talking about the Trinity. Next week. Yeah, next week. We'll always be a week behind. <laughs> Comfortable place to be. Yes. Indeed. Well, thank you for going on this journey uh, with us, um, with Mary Oliver. I just, yeah. It's been healing for me, and I hope it has for others as well. Have a great week. All right. Be well. Bye. Kitchen Table Spirituality is a part of the 12 Enough Network. Your hosts were Jonathan Malone, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island, and Charlie Eastman, pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts. You can send your comments about this episode or other episodes to 12enough at gmail.com. 12 is written out. You can go to the show notes at 12enough.com. 12 is written out. And please rate and like and review the show on iTunes or wherever it is you get your fine podcasts and enjoy your fine podcast listening. And thank you very much for listening. He's going to pick praying.